0: Welcome to Hope Talks podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. You can also search for a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and TuneIn. We would love your feedback and invite you to take a short anonymous survey. You can find the link to the survey in the show notes. Welcome to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. Today is Part 2 of Pastor Baker Rigg Testimony, and if you missed Part 1 last week, you can visit our website, cotnaz.org, and click Watch, Listen, and click Hope Talks, and it was on February 12th. I hope you enjoy Part 2 today. May God bless.
1: We were embedded in the Luray community. Here's the funny thing, after a while, I began to ask God, and in a moment of uh, you know, the Bible says that the um, the fervent prayer of a righteous mm-hmm. man, right. They look yeah. right. and there have been spots in my life where uh, I have been alone with the Lord in my house, and it has been a fervent time mm-hmm. of heart-wrenching, raw, yeah. just laying it out on the table. And those times have been... God usually responds with, I heard you, I heard you. And um, not too long ago, as a matter of fact, I was in my house screaming out, not in anger, but in raw emotion. Father, is there a work I can do in the Shenandoah Valley? And I'm, I'm sure the neighbors probably heard me. And I just laid it out there. And then... It wasn't too long after that, I would say not even a month or two, I saw the opportunity for chaplaincy, and I um, I reached out, and I was not qualified for the chaplaincy, uh, and I reached out to VMM Missions. They took me in, did the background checks. I was, you know, I laid everything on the table. They knew what they were dealing with, and... uh all I could do was give them my uh, ministry resume and um, the um, ministry resume included. Uh, I had a time of about five to seven years where I ministered in prisons, in, in the um, Coffeewood prison. Mm-hmm. And um, during that time, uh, I noticed incredible favor and the inmates would ask for me. Um, when I would go in, they would rearrange their services just to let me have the time. And again, these are things I am not vying for. There's no, I'm not working by the sweat of my brow. I'm whistling while I'm work, and God is doing the effects, and he's making the difference. And um, so it was a place of great favor, and the first day I went in there, not knowing what to expect, someone went with me. And I turned to that person and I immediately told them, I am a fish in water. I was so comfortable. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, I could identify with these inmates because I had been there and I was a criminal and I had that mindset at one time. And uh, anyway... So I gave them the resume, and based on my resume, they were willing to take a chance. And I was taken to the jail, and I met the staff. They interviewed me, and um, they decided there was something in me that they were willing to give me a chance without having the credentials needed for the the job. So here God again once. Once again, he opens has, the
2: doors. We push on for a million years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And
1: so, uh, to this point, this is where I am, and I am I have currently with DMM, and being coached and trained, and in the midst of fundraising. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, that's a big part of this. Yeah, and already, uh, God's hand is being demonstrated, and yet I have not opened my mouth, and uh, so. All, you know, This is new waters. It's a new animal. Um, I've got things to learn, but I've got things embedded in me. I know God's going to draw out mm-hmm. and use in this I situation. Right. There is no fear uh, because he is with me, and I know that I know that I know I am being sent, not just by VMM missions. I know that this is a God thing. And so it is my joy, my delight to walk into a place that I'm going to have to learn things and get acclimated. But that's okay. I can't have fear because I know he's in it with me. He's
2: will go before you every step of the way. Absolutely. And he uh, Psalm 139, five, he goes before us every step of the way and he hymns us in or he protects us from the harm of our past. Yeah. I love yes. that scripture. It just it's yeah. a beautiful picture of what you've shared today. How can people support you? What's the best way uh, for people to support you? Obviously, prayer. Um, If they want to give, um, you are funded um, through VM Missions as a chaplain in Rottenham County Jail, which I think is a beautiful, that's a beautiful partnership. So tell us how we can.
1: Well, uh, number one, prayer. Uh, Prayer has been the marks of my life and I can't unload a a degree and a plethora of achievements, but I can tell you the two things is my love for Christ and my passion for prayer. Mm -hmm. And I know the effect that prayer has. And just as those prayers of the saints brought me into the family of faith, Mm -hmm. I need the prayers of the saints. If you're listening today, I need your prayers I need the covering. I need wisdom. I need guidance. Mm -hmm. I need the awareness of his presence. And I need his favor with the administration. Mm -hmm. I need his favor with the inmates. Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. need the prayer cover so that the Lord will move in not just a small way, Mm -hmm. but a mighty way. I, I, I want Rockingham, Harrisonburg Jail. To be shaken, just like the Philippian jail, yes. <laughs> right. uh, you know, Paul and Silas. It was a result of their prayer and singing. Uh, mm-hmm. They were just God's point of contact that brought the earthquake. That's I right. want to go into that jail and be at a, a point of contact mm-hmm. that right. God will send an earthquake, mm-hmm. uh, a spiritual earthquake,
2: mm-hmm. and let's
1: mm-hmm. let's
2: affect
1: the community that's broken.
2: Yes, and Amen. like I was, and
1: pull them out and bring transformation that goes beyond the walls of the jail. Because a good portion of this population is going back into the community That's right. and yes. arm them and with transformation and power to transform other lives where they are. Right. Yes. And who knows who can put a lid on what God wants to do? Amen. Right.
2: The harvest is ripe. Yeah. You yeah. know. Uh, so, if someone wants to support you, they can go into vmmissions.org. Yes. V, yeah. uh, Virginia Mennonite Missions, VMM. VMM.org. And, yeah. and they can find you there and they can give yes. right there on the website. They can give on right. the
1: website, reach out to them and let them know if, if uh, their number's there as
2: well. That's right. Yes. You know, I, I could sit here and just listen your accent and, and just the way you have such a gift at sharing your story that um, is powerful. and I know that those listening today are leaning in waiting to hear what is next. Um, and I wanted to, I want to take us back to the weekends where you went in with drugs in your shoes. Yeah I, I will go all the way back to the pre to pre um in your life. Isn't it amazing? You know, Scripture tells us that um, what the enemy intended for evil, God can use for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. As much as God has a plan for our life, the enemy has a plan too, right? Yeah. Like he, he'll do anything to keep us off course. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: Um, and keep us blinded and in bondage and in captivity when we think we have freedom. We are bound tight. Right. And I'm sure as people listen today, they may have things they're dealing with, things that family members are dealing with. And it is by prayer and fasting yeah. that these things are broken.
1: Yeah,
2: I am the product of prayer, my mom's prayers. Um, I know other people were praying, but my mom was passionately praying for me in my lostness and those years in my life. And God takes those things that the enemy meant for evil, and he can use them um, in powerful ways. they become a part of our story. They become a part of our testimony. And you know here you are on the front page of the news, this has been blowing up. It is the worst thing in the world for that community you know this is this nothing like this has happened. Yeah. And now um, all of this is exposed. And some people were looking with judgment, but those believers, that understood the power of prayer and the way that the believer is supposed to respond. Yeah. We can't act like we have Jesus in us when we don't. Yeah. Right? (laughs)
1: Right, yeah. Yeah. And some
2: people go, well, I just can't believe. Well, how? Jesus is not the Lord of their life. They're in darkness. Yeah. They don't know the truth. And so think about that little lady that invested her life in prayer for you. Yeah. And yeah. hugged you. Yeah. yeah. Instead of that condescending look. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yes. And seeing how God had those people in place to be his love and his the aroma of Christ, yes. right? Yes. And it becomes a part of your story, uh the story of what God has saved you from. The brokenness and yeah. You know, there's still people trying to get stuff in jails, in prisons, right? There's still people, you know, there's stuff available for people. And for you to have that knowledge of the system, you would almost have to have been incarcerated. Yeah. Right?
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Well, speaking about the brokenness, um, I'm going to get very raw now. I am not ashamed of anything in my past. Mm -hmm. I'm not ashamed of where I came from. Uh, Because if you knew the entire story, it just, it brings glory to God. Amen. Amen. That's why we share it. I said previously that my father was a very broken person. This is kind of... Funny in a way. It's it's very sad, but on the mm. coming from God's perspective, I just it's just it's His glory. Mm. But I told you I was the baby of the family. What I didn't tell you is that um, I shouldn't have even been here because prior to my conception, I believe my father tried to commit suicide, Wow! and um, he didn't. And then um, my family moved to Roanoke Rapids, and I believe I was conceived before uh, my family moved to Roanoke Rapids. And while in Roanoke Rapids, my father was arrested for embezzling. So, I came into this world. My father was in prison. I was born on January the 2nd, 1962. And guess what? I was plastered on the front page of the town newspaper because I was the first baby born of the year. And so, my my wife always reminds me of how the town newspaper has chronicled my life. Because as a newborn baby in in his mother's arms, I'm on the front page.
2: You started out in the news. Yeah. And then
1: 1979, 17 years later, I'm on the front page of the paper. And then after that, um, a year later, I guess... Reporter did a story on my conversion and there I was in the paper again.
2: People had context for your yeah. story. Yes, yes, yes. Isn't that amazing? And so, yeah, yeah. And so it's not only
1: the condition of the person I was, it's the circumstances from yeah. where I came. Right. So I, w- I would say to the people listening, God loves you. It doesn't matter... Uh, where you've been or what you've done it doesn't matter who your parents are yeah. it doesn't matter what kind of home you've been raised in it doesn't matter of your experience none of these situations are beyond god's reach beyond its love and god's love is is pulling mm-hmm. pulling his his children those whomsoever out of that,
2: Mm -hmm. out of those
1: circumstances. And God can even leave you in circumstances, but he won't leave you the same on the inside. And uh, he gives you wings. He gives you wings.
0: Pastor Baker, as you were sharing your testimony, something really stuck out to me. I mean, a lot of things stuck out to me, but you were talking about how you weren't qualified to be a chaplain at the jail. And I was thinking about how God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called, And he certainly qualified you through your ups and downs. And you said, you know, you don't have any shame or whatever over the things of your past. Well, what the enemy meant for evil, the Lord used and is using for good in your life to help those that have been in a similar circumstance that you had been in in the past.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Uh, I can tell you, if, if you were to ask me, Baker, can you describe your journey of faith? It's been a love affair. Uh, you know, when you start out in faith, uh, when I came to faith, I did not know God. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, when He made Himself real to me in that moment, I knew He existed. But I had to learn the truth. Mm -hmm. And that was over not a period of one week, two. It's still going on. Mm -hmm. I know him more today than I did then, but I haven't scratched the surface on the glory and the majesty of who he is. I haven't, and none of us have. Uh, You know, my plate's not full yet, and if he throws more on it, please in the revelation of who he is, but I know enough to know there comes a time in your walk with the Lord when you've had enough of this love, you're like in the Song of Solomon and the Shulamite maid; your heart is smitten. Yeah. You know, my heart is smitten. Uh, I have been so very, very, very blessed. And even... Uh, when you were asking about how people can support right. the ministry, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, you know, the prayer support, but also funding, uh, there has to be a certain amount of funding before right. I am fully released to go in there right. and allow right. God to do what he's going to do mm-hmm. through me. And even in that, uh, God's hand of provision in my life has right. been miraculous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Again, without shame, I will share another story. (laughs) Go ahead. Again, these stories are not made up. But there was a time my my beautiful wife, Sharon, uh, my jewel, uh, we came together and I was a young man and who thought, you know, he had been serving the Lord and uh, boy, I, I realized I had a lot to learn uh, about marriage, about women, and God took my wife and I on a journey, and we had uh, seven children. And in those days, uh, my wife Sharon was stay-at-home. She was too pregnant to work, and <laughs> and you know I was working. I was by vocational. I was working for the company, and I was on staff part time at the church. I was a worship leader. But we were in a position where we were truly living hand to mouth. And there was one particular time, and this is just one of the many times God moved. There was one particular time on a Sunday morning, I wake up, my wife is up, getting the kids up, and I decided to linger in bed for a moment. Because laying in that bed, I knew there was no money in our bank account. And I laid in the bed, and I said, Papa, I need help. And I thought God was dealing with me at the time for thinking too small. Anyway, I thought, what would it take? This is in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, I was thinking what would it take to survive until payday which was a few days away and I came up with this number in my head I think for gas a few a few groceries um, $35 so I said Father will you give me $35 <laughs> and so we'd get dressed go to church and we load everybody up. Uh, we drove two cars. I had a car and then we had the van. And uh, because I, we had two services and I led worship in both, my family would go to the first. Mm-hmm. After the first, they would leave. Mm-hmm. I would stay and do worship in the second service. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we get to church and I have this idea that. My pastor, who was also a dear friend and whom I could trust, I was going to borrow $35 from him. You know how you pray sometimes? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Then you try to fix it. You're going to help the Lord (laughs) bring it to pass, right? So I go to my pastor, and as I'm going to him before the service, a crowd of people are around him, and I can't get to him. And I think to myself, okay, well, I'll just... I'll let them have him, and then after the first service, before the second service begins, I'll approach him. So we did worship, preaching, dismissed the crowd, and the other crowd's coming in, and everything's in place. And right before I I get ready, uh, the worship team and myself get ready to take the stage I'm going to go over, and then lo and behold, a couple of other people get up, walk up to him, and then it blocks me from getting to him, and my heart's saying, I thought, oh my. And so I get on stage, I lead worship, and I'm kind of, you know, after the service, I'm now going, I had a side office where I kept my guitar And I'm, you know, I'm not going to wait the whole service to ask him. I'm going into the side office to put my guitar, pack it up, and just go out the back and just go on home. I was a little bummed. Anyway, I step into the office and I'm putting my guitar. I can see it just as it was today. I am clamping the clamps on my guitar. And in the, um, the handle of the guitar is an envelope. And I pull out the envelope, and on the envelope says, We love you, Reeds. And I open up, and it's cash, and I pull out the cash, and there's 20 30 $35. Wow. And you would think that was the mind-blowing part of the moment. I mean, I'm sitting here, I've asked God for $35 <laughs> and out of nowhere, not by any human hand, no, not by me trying to borrow it, mm-hmm. I have $35 in my hand. And in that moment, the Lord spoke to me and said, son, I would have given you more if you had asked, wow. but that <laughs> sufficed, mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> uh, but mm. so miraculous, you know. And that's just one of many stories of provision.
2: Sounds like you need to write a book.
1: So with that resume of (laughs) God's provision in my life, how can I go in to this situation and doubt he's going to do what he's always done?
2: Yeah, he is who he says he is. He can't be anything else but who he says he is. Yes. And faithful. He is faithful and true.
1: Yes, and again to the listening audience, there are people God is going to speak to your heart. If you're not the one that He wants to use, there's no shame in that. Uh, there are people that might have some place where they they're, they're wanting to invest, but if God pricks your heart, that's the, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. Uh, never should you give by. A compelling plea. That's not, I don't want a dime from a compelling plea. I want those whose God's hearts are saying, I want you to partner in this situation because I want to move because that brings you into the situation and it makes you involved. Right. But again, if your heart's being prayed by the Lord himself, Mm That's the, right. you know, he does that to me. There are times when he'll draw my heart into something. Yeah. And I've always been the better for it.
0: Yeah. And the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's so yeah. true. That's so true. Baker, I have a question that um, I just, I, totally kind of off topic, but I want to know what your children's names are.
1: Okay, I can give you their names. Do not ask for their ages and birthdays. I won't ask that. I just
2: want to know their first name. I, I just really, I'm intrigued. Yes. Cody, Jordan, Morgan, Taylor, Nolan,
1: Haley, and Evan. I have five boys, two girls, and I have six grandchildren and God is forming two more grandchildren <laughs> in the womb, knitting them in the womb as we speak. Wow, that's powerful. And the power of prayer. Um, my wife and I are committed of a lifestyle of prayer for our own children. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I've just seen transformation. They're they're great, they're great kids. Yeah. And it's not because of my wife and I, and how we raised them. I made many mistakes. My wife and I, I apologized to our first son. Mm -hmm. I really did. I said, son, I am so sorry. We had to learn on you. And um, (laughs) he went through a time of rebellion. Mm -hmm. And he went through a time where he didn't want to even see us. I mean, he was... Far away, mm-hmm. anyway, but he was removed, yeah. and he was he was hostile, mm-hmm. and we, Sharon and I, we just prayed. We prayed. We covered him in prayer. He even turned aside to the atheist mm-hmm. side for a brief mm-hmm. season, and um, you know, my wife, she prays. And God hears her, and especially for the kids. God's answered so many of her prayers, and she was praying for him. And I remember one day I was laying on our bed, and her Bible was right beside me in the bed. And I I reached over, grabbed the Bible, and I opened it up, and there was a picture of my oldest son when he was about seven or eight, nine, somewhere around there in a recliner, reading the Bible. Mm. And I looked, and my heart was smitten, and I said, Lord, give us that boy back. Mm. And Um, now, at this time, he is in Vancouver, Washington, living with his girlfriend, doing their own thing. They're both partiers. And it wasn't but a couple of weeks after that, we get a phone call from him saying, Mom, Dad, um, all i can say is i've had an encounter with god and uh yeah now yeah. he's a worship leader and he is doing work uh and considering doing seminary mm-hmm. and i couldn't have i couldn't have converted him on my best day and yeah. so god took the um that which was in between mm-hmm. us and removed right. it and now, mm-hmm. him and his wife, right. he led his girlfriend to the Lord. They got married, and it's beautiful. And now, they're yeah. they're ex- he's one that oh. expecting a baby. And yeah, it's it's so miraculous. So, yeah. and that's a word to you who have wayward children. Uh, please don't give up, yeah. keep faith. Pray, pray, uh, pray. God, yeah. God does the miraculous. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Praise the Lord, well,
0: amen. Well, Pastor Baker, uh, thank you for joining us on today's broadcast of Hope Talks. It's been great to have you, and uh, just pray a blessing over you and your ministry as you prepare to uh, minister to those in the Rockingham County Jail. Um, it's been great to have you today.
1: Thank you so much. Thank, yes, thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it.
0: Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. We pray that as you've heard Pastor Baker Riggs' testimony, that it truly has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless.
2: Hope Talks is sponsored by Church of the Nazarene, Harrisonburg, in partnership with Sunshine Ministries.
0: Thanks for listening to today's podcast of Hope Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe for updates and the latest episodes. Also, you're in the Harrisonburg, Rockingham County area, We invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX.